And welcome to News Munch, you're looking to the world of weird. I'm Jay, I'll be your host today because quite quite frankly I need a win right now. And here are your weird news headlines. A 69 year old Dutchman has started a legal battle to make him 20 years younger in order to improve his chances on Tinder. A Russian woman who identified as a vampire stabbed her boyfriend because he was a werewolf. Wild rabbits rode the backs of sheep to safety when a flood struck a New Zealand farm. A Florida man dressed as Fred Flintstone was pulled over for driving a footmobile. And in New Jersey, a naked dabbing man was seen peeping through windows. Police hope to catch him before he strikes again. We should really ban Fortnite. Those are your weird news headlines. I'm not the only one in the studio today. Here with me, I have Fraser. Hello. Dylan. You right. And Brad. Hi there, Jay. So if you haven't listened before, here's how the show works. Every week we bring a weird news story to the table, we pitch it to everyone else, and then at the end we all come together and decide who has the weirdest story of the week. To kick the show off for us, we have Dylan. Why are we laughing? Because <laughs> <laughs> I gave Brad the f***ing <laughs> song, because he was like, Hi there, Jay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Dylan! <laughs> story, please. Alright, hello everybody. Hi. Hi. So, um, sorry about how enthusiastic that was. <laughs> yeah, felt a little, a little harmful, but that's okay. Hello, Dylan. Do it like a Dylan. Pa- do it like Hi there, again. Dylan. That wasn't Hi good there, enough. Hi there, Dylan. Hello, Dylan. Yay. Hi there. Hello, friends. So, let, well, let's talk about rental prices real quick. Bye, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, we're all we're all students. Obviously, we pay like you know four hundred, less than four hundred fifty a month. Of quite a reasonable price, all bills included. Yeah, speak you speak for yourself. You, okay, Brad. <laughs> okay, okay, Brad. Uh, but then you think like, oh, what happens after we graduate? We're going to move to London. We're going to be spending... I, I was looking at studio flats the other day. The cheapest thing I found on uh, Right Move was £100 a month, which is great, but it's for a literal garage. Okay. And then there was a garage. Like a like, no, yeah, just one of those ones where you like, you know, it's old ones you see on the streets where you just lift it up and you can put your car there. Well, I can't wait to live Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be a meth cook, apparently. <laughs> uh, then the other one was a, a £500 a month studio apartment where the bed was in the kitchen. Nice. Which uh, really hurts. So, evidently, we have a bit of a crisis in terms of living spaces, you know? Don't you know, like, seem too appealing. Don't seem to. You, you, you look around, you come out of the things like that, you're going to be living in like a shoebox apartment. And that sucks. Yeah. So, in these terrain times, we like, I like to have blue sky thinking. But why even take it at blue sky thinking? Why not go beyond to space? Um, so, Dil, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you suggesting to not live in London and instead live in the stratosphere? Absolutely, Brad. That because commute is going to be great. <laughs> you <laughs> just fall. <laughs> yeah, you parachute out. So, an, uh, an architecture firm has planned to build the world's tallest skyscraper orbiting the Earth. So, I, I want to stress, it's not really built on Earth. There are plans to build this on an asteroid, which will then sort of go, like, down. So, the so, tip what? of the building, so the top, will be facing the Earth. Obviously, really big blue sky thinking, but there was an architecture firm partnered with a whole bunch of uh, space firms, NASA included, that wanted to find a solution to our world's overpopulation problem in terms of housing prices. Mm-hmm. And one of their ideas they had was the Analemma Tower. Um, so, NASA's announced plans where they're going to try within the coming years to redirect the orbit of an asteroid so it orbits the moon. Uh, and what that's going to do is it'll give them perfect prime land to build this 
skyscraper on. Right, what, okay. can, can you give me a time period on this? Because first you're talking oh, about Oh, there's no time in. period whatsoever. Oh, so their idea to solve, like, the housing crisis and, like, overpopulation is to launch all the poor people into space. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Not, not necessarily poor people, but basically what they want to do, you know how Abu Dhabi has a... Uh, Dubai. Burj Khalifa. Yeah, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, yeah. It has this really... There's this really massive tower, but, like, obviously, it's, like, ridiculously expensive. Mm -hmm. And you think of, like, the Shard in London, which could house everybody. In theory, this could house the population of, say, like, Wales and England. So the entire United... I'd like to get the Welsh up into space (laughs) sharpish, please. Thank you. So the Adelama Tower, basically... Space genocide. (laughs) No, it's not... future. It's not genocide. It's a bit windy up here, isn't it? So my favourite thing about this is that basically what they want to do is they want to reinforce... They want to hang or reinforce cables. They want to hang this skyscraper off this asteroid as it orbits the moon and then orbits the Earth in response. So essentially, it's going to be going all over the place. Yeah. So it's like, like this is like a ferry. It's yeah, like a, this is like a cruise so like you'll look up at the sky one day and everyone's like, oh, it's a bit dark early, isn't it? It's it's August or it's August. Why is it so dark? And it's this massive giant skyscraper just cutting through the middle of a Piccadilly circus. There's that video that happened a few months back where like they were filming this demolition of like an arena and a bus went past. Imagine if you were watching a solar eclipse and then just a massive skyscraper that would take a year to go past. They're like, why now? (laughs) The best thing about this is that uh, the skyscraper would be so big that at the top, so by the asteroid, Mm. so a because the top the absolute top bit like so you have the cables suspended down from the asteroid then you have like the fuel places to burn everything like that uh the first res the last residential area could be would have 45 extra minutes at the top which is a nice selling point uh but the issue is with that um you can't leave the place without a suit you'd be subjected to about um temperatures that no man should ever really be subjected to because uh, you'd be right smack dab in the middle of the ozone layer unless they're from newcastle Uh, minus minus three i reckon yeah, bit nippy out where you're where you're, uh, where you're Parker where you Parker when you go out on spacewalks with your dog um, so the outlandish design was created by Cloud's architecture office they've they're behind proposals for a house on Mars and a cloud city okay does this company actually do anything they, no, they, they have it all designed they even have it fully costed they know exactly how it would go this seems like a scam if there ever and, was okay one. what's the cost then more money than we have. <laughs> what? Yeah. Numbers, Dylan. Uh, upward of a trillion. Trillion, That's great. Fine. Oh, okay. Money's not real. Awesome. Who needs? Who needs? Like, who needs legitimate costing? Um, so, one of the things I love is obviously the the last area you could actually be in as a as a non-worker for this thing would be the uh, funerary section. Uh, that will give you that forty-five minutes extra daylight time and elevation of thirty-two thousand meters, where you have like ninety-seven nine point seven five percent of the horizon extra visible. But um, you're being in a near vacuum at all times. It's a negative 40 degree temperature. So you need to wear a protective suit. <laughs> so you need um, bridge gas on, on the phone like, so all the time. No, space we, gas. Space <laughs> gas. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a shivering like old person, but in a space suit. Same yeah. sort of adverts. <laughs> uh, so, um, Keep one of your astronauts warm this Christmas. <laughs> Clouds AI. An extra space suit. Save money on bills. <laughs> turn the to turn the temperature down at least one degree. <laughs> you can take it at like minus twenty. Uh, Clouds AO, they've like they they've actually thought about the cost in quite a fair bit. You know, because obviously it's a trillion. It's going to be really expensive to build. But a representative is it a trillion exactly? Uh, it, it's that's, upwards. That seems upwards. like an okay. Upwards, upwards, is, upwards is a very broad term. Upwards. So yeah, it's going to definitely cost more than a trillion. But we oh, don't yeah, have sure. a finger on it yet. Yeah, they they're trying to play around with some pricing. But here's the thing. 
Uh, a representative have said, if the recent boom in residential towers proved that sales price per square foot rises with floor elevation, then Adelama Tower will command, rec- will command record prices justifying its high cost of production. They also want to build it in Dubai. Because apparently they're better at building towers than everywhere else in the world. This will never happen. Yeah. We are going to have a, a fully-fledged Mars city before this ever happens. It has to rely on NASA redirecting an asteroid into the moon's... But that's actually very possible. Yeah, possible is the key term there. Uh, they've already shown it. They, like, a European Space Agency Rosetta mission showed it was possible to land on a spinning comet. And NASA's already planned the mission, and they're following through with it in the next few years. But there's landing on a comet, but then there's building a tower on a comet. Because, like, you know, like... You got me there, pal. Stuff, right? Also, that Rosetta thing landed in the shade, then couldn't work. Yeah, one other thing is that so it's like a skyscraper on an asteroid, right? So when it flies over, and it will cover large bits of, like, the Earth, it will look like meat and veg. It'll be like an Austin Powers bit. <laughs> It's the most outlandish plan I've ever yeah. heard. Uh, so, you know, this all sounds great, right? No. <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, uh, there was a breakdown on their website about how, how like, the actual elevation would go. So they show, like, the asteroid that they plan to have at 80,000, like, 50,000 kilometers above the Earth. Uh, then they start having the cable belts and everything like that. Around uh, 20,000 feet, they start running into mountains. They haven't really figured out how to, how to handle that little obstacle yet. It kind of shows... When it comes to floor planning and it comes to land development, how outlandish we're doing that we're looking straight to space, being like, there's too many of us. Let's not build affordable housing. Let's just put a skyscraper on an asteroid and then point it down. With no build date in With sight. With no build date in sight. A ridiculously high cost aside from Dubai might be cheaper. I can't believe we're already gentrifying space. We're gentrifying <laughs> space. Thank you, Dylan, for your story. Okay, so I'm up next with my story. No one really likes wasps, do they? When I was uh, younger, it was my biggest fear until centipedes took over. We used to, uh, when I went, used to go camping, my mum would like put like cups of orange juice out, and the wasp would like, obviously be attracted to that, fly into it, drown them. Best strategy I've ever heard for dealing with them, because no one likes wasps. Was that your story, Jay? <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I wanted Jay. To Dylan to describe his wasp murder. So no one likes wasps, but do you like cockroaches less? Uh, pretty, pretty even playing. We don't. Either. I've never seen. No. I've never seen a cockroach in my life. I rate oh, cockroaches. Do you? Turkey. I'm not. A, not a fan, but I rate them for their hardiness. Do they, the reason I ask is just because I wanted to sort of gauge everyone's opinions on the two. Not exactly positive. Yeah, but I wanted to see what side you'd be on if they were to fight because they do kind of fight. I want to introduce you to the uh, Emerald Jade Wasp, uh, who is the uh, the wasp who has the power to turn cockroaches into zombies. Oh. Oh, an advancement in the race war between <laughs> between wasp and cockroaches. So I need to go on like my David Attenborough mode for this. Can't wait. Uh, I want to I want to give you like an insight into this like interspecies war that's been going on for almost a century. Oh, so voice. It's like the hundred years war. Okay. <laughs> on one side, there is the emerald jade wasp. <laughs> its namesake comes from the fact that its magenta green outer tint covers its body. You can drop the voice. Now. I, I kind of want to keep it. Uh, I have a feeling you practice this. Maybe. While its outer casing may shine, inside its soul is anything but. That's because it's also known by another name, and that name is the Emerald Cockroach Wasp. It's often called that for the simple reason that the cockroach is its. B- <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so, so go on. So Good this, impression. This debate de- like dates back to like the 1940s, and despite the fact that like cockroaches are like four centimeters and the wasp is like two centimeters ish, uh, the cockroach is very rarely the victor in these confrontations. So generally, how they work is these wasps they sting the cockroach's legs, that paralyzes the cockroach. Or their front legs, at least. They can't move. From the so, front legs? Yeah. Back legs pushing away. Just they heads, can, but... Heads scraping on the floor. They could theoretically try and move with their back legs. It would be a struggle, but it doesn't matter because the uh, the, the wasp comes through with a quick one-two punch. Um, <laughs> the next thing, it leaves no mercy. It's a precise shot through the throat tissue uh, and Jesus, straight nice. into the roach's brain. So it, like, oh. decapitates the roach. No, oh. no, no, no. I think I, I think I know what happens next. It's it's very much it's not about killing the roach. It's about harvesting it. Yeah, basically using Ooh. it for its own gain. The Ooh. the venom produced from this second sting has been described as like a neurotoxic cocktail, and uh, so as a result, with the sting into the brain, it takes out. Did you say yum? <laughs> you said cocktail. It's called waspo chick. <laughs> basically, what happens with this sting into the brain? is that it disables their escape reflex. Okay. So they're now no longer in control of their body. They're alive, but for all intents and purposes, they're dead. Hence, zombification. Okay, two questions before you carry on. Okay. One, where do these people live, and are they in danger of coming over to the UK? Uh, so I think these... <laughs> Brad, you're not a cockroach. You don't have to worry. <laughs> well, <laughs> Brad's going to set up a GoFundMe for this space skyscraper if they come into the UK. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> well, the wasps have been mostly found in like the tropical regions of like South Asia and Africa and the Pacific. Cool, Island. they can stay there. Yeah. Um, second, um, is this only cockroaches, or can it be done to a larger animal, say a man? Um, <laughs> I think it can be attacked by a man, but um, cockroaches are just generally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I didn't know this was so emotional for you. Yeah, it's really tough. Uh, what was I saying? You were talking about how the... Uh, oh, yeah. No, they can attack, like, humans and stuff. But, and they have been also called the uh, the emerald spider wasps at times because they do the same thing to oh. spiders. But cockroaches generally fit their, their purpose a bit better. So does the, so uh, what the venom, I'm guessing, doesn't have the same effect on, like, larger animals. Like, obviously, it's designed for evolution to be, like, onto cockroaches. Well, I think it works well because the cockroaches are quite small. But um, they have to kind of, like, track how much venom they're putting in. Right. And they do this because um, after basically zombifying the cockroaches, they will then cut off the ends of the cockroach's antenna and start sucking their blood and actually start sucking some of the venom out because too much venom will actually just kill the cockroach straight. And that isn't what its purpose is. That's amazing. That's horrifying, but it, uh, very uh, intelligent. I want to note that like these are the females only. Like the males. Oh, oh yeah. The males are smaller and they don't have stingers. So the females do the attacking because they're queens, you know? And uh, yes. I think we could all learn a thing from uh, the uh, Emerald Jade Wasp when it comes to equality. Exactly. And like any powerful queen, um, they need slaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so what they do is that after sucking the blood of these cockroaches and cutting off their antenna, they then use the antenna of the cockroach as like a, a makeshift leash, if you will, and uh, drag it along because it's tired. It's you know had two stings. Drugged, yeah, basically. Oh no, no, the the wasp is tired oh. after attacking the cockroach. It's tired, so it just drags it along, and the cockroach will move involuntarily. 
Oh. Takes them to the burrow. Sounds like Ratatouille, but really dark. <laughs> Where he's using his hair to control them. <laughs> and then, and then what happens is they go back to the burrow, and the cockroach is now basically a vegified slave. Um, it can't get much worse, can it? No, it gets a lot worse. Oh, um, the wasp lays an egg straight in its stomach. Oh, oh. that's where I knew where this was While going. the cockroach is technically still alive. Mm. And it then locks the cockroach in the burrow. It, like, shoves some pebbles against the burrow entrance so it has to what? stay in. How? And How big are these things? They're, like, 2.2 centimetres, oh, I so think. I thought you were going to say metres, then. Yeah, yeah. And then... And then because the reflex is disabled, the cockroach can't actually do anything. So it just sits there while a uh, baby wasp larvae, um, like, oh, get born inside of it. Mm. But it doesn't burst out like a like one of those things from aliens. It stays inside for a bit and just nibbles on hungry. the internal organs of the uh, the cockroach. Again, cockroach still Ooh. technically alive. Um, and then like... that happens for about four days or so. Mm. And then it cocoons itself inside the wasp. Uh, inside the cockroach, sorry, and then emerges, breaking through the exterior of the cockroach as a beautiful emerald jade wasp, ready to repeat the cycle of slavery and zombifying and impregnating another cockroach. I'm Uh, horrified, Jay. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. My my biggest question is, who are you making a case for here? I just want to... We're pro-cockroach on this show. They're an oppressed... I'm just documenting war. That's all I'm doing. Well, you were saying, like, whose side do you fall on? So who are you making a case for here? I'm I'm for the underdog. I'm for the... Roach. For the roach. (laughs) And now the roach has some kind of defence system. Oh, yeah. Because, like, through, like, genetic modification, they have basically been described as... to use technoids. ...using, like, karate kicks... To, um, oh, in a back pa- on the roach's side. In a paper recently released called "How Not to Be Turned into a Zombie" by Ken Catania, he says that they like stand in an on guard position, which is like in fencing, and then they use their legs as like a sweeping kick kind of thing, and then the wasps basically go, "We can find weaker cockroaches." So, like, ultimately, it's survival of the fittest, but you got to do what you can to survive. That's. Thank you for creating war, a whole... And war, war rages on. A whole new realm of nightmares for me. Cheers. War war never changes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Albert Einstein. In the bulletin, we mentioned that a Dutchman has requested to change his age in a bid to better his chances on Tinder. We're joined by the man himself, TV personality and positivity guru, Emil Rattleband. Pleasure to be here, Jay. Now, Emil, before we get into this, first thing I have to ask is, are you all right? Yes, of course. I'm feeling 20 years younger. Right, so that that's the thing. You're 69 and you want to change your age to 49. Okay, okay but you see, I've done a checkup with my doctor and what does it show? My biological age is 45 years. So really, I'm being modest. When I'm 69, I'm limited. If I'm 49, I can buy a new house, drive a different car. I can take up more work. I, I would benefit the Dutch community better. Oh, I actually kind of see where you're coming from. I myself feel like I have the aches and pains of an old man. So, sorry, are you on Tinder right now? Yes, buddy. Uh, you know, it's fine. I'm a younger man now. I have, I have the capabilities to multitask. But you're not really, though, are you? You can say you're 20 years younger, but you're not actually that age. Well, actually, and I've, I've never told anyone this before, but, uh, but I'm, I realise I'm actually 11 years old when I was 23. But now I've realised that what I really am is 49. Well, well, that makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, OK. Then. How old are you? 
Well, well, I was born 20 years ago, and that makes me 20. But are you really, though? Yes. Just like how you were born 69 years ago, so that's how old you are. No, wrong. Wrong. Let's look at it this way. That actually makes sense, okay? In terms of life experience, you are six years old. That's the average of your understanding of the world, all of your areas of experience added together and divided. So, um, explain to me how you came up with that number? Sure. Uh, every good decision you make adds one year. Every mistake takes away one year. For example, you have now lost 20 years for challenging my argument. I don't even have to prove anything to you. You are negative 14 years old. You don't exist. Oh, I re- oh, I didn't I didn't know that. I must have missed that one. Exactly. Because you are a fool. In my many years that I've amassed over you, I've gained a great deal of experience of the knowledge of living. While you were coming out of your mother's womb, I had already birthed four children. While you were learning your alphabet, I was doing three crosswords a day. Three! So you say to me that you are not 49 years old. Means I can say to you that you are incorrect. R- right. But uh, if you're telling me I'm wrong because of how much older you are compared to me, then uh, why do you want to be 20 years younger? Look, I get it. You make me come in here so you can laugh at me. Or here's the man who wants to be younger. Haha, <laughs> he's a funny man. I'm not delusional. I'm thinking long and hard about my fit in the world. Doctors tell me I'm in perfect health. This is based on science. I wouldn't dare lie and place myself with the youth. I just feel that I can... Wait. I'm banned? Oh, okay. So apparently, they think I'm trying to catfish people. Great. So this was all for nothing then. <laughs> is, this, is that it? Like, after all that, are you, you done with this younger shtick now? <sighs> yeah. I think I'm just going to become a yoga teacher, you know? They meet lots of women. Fair enough, I guess. I mean, don't you think you're a little too old to be on Tinder anyway? What do you mean? You know, age is just a number, really. Yeah, I think this interview's over. You're listening to News Munch on CSRFM. Me and Dylan have both pitched our stories. Next up, we have Brad. Hi, Jay. Um... So on News Munch, I'm known for taking a concept and going with it. Um, Is that what you're known for? Yeah, that's exactly what you're known for. Yeah, sure. No, like I, 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 I was fully ready to believe that time travelers started a civil war with 9/11. Um, tunnel straight in there, view tunnel. I was ready to go. Um, I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> okay. Okay. Does, I'm any, glad. does anyone here believe in ghosts? Probably no. the most rational case you've made so far on News Munch. <laughs> um. I don't believe in ghosts, but this story was too good not to believe. Oh, Brad. (laughs) Okay, go on. I was willing to give the benefit of the doubt to Amethyst Realm, who is a woman who has had sex with 15 ghosts and is now settling down with a poltergeist. (laughs) Uh, Something that might explain the situation a bit better is that she's from Cornwall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you were were Cornwall, man. They're having a great time down there. <laughs> they could have sex in the tunnel and nobody would be the wiser. <laughs> um, so Amethyst Realm, um, first of all, she's, she's had relationships with ghosts before, but they've never really followed through. Uh, Is she's... it because they're not there? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, they don't give her the emotional comfort she needs. Yeah, they were always really distant. They yeah. keep ghosting her. Nice. Spot Thank on. you. Long um, distance relationship from the afterlife. Her first ever ghost partner uh, it was actually an affair because she was going out with a human man 
um, naughty girl that had to leave that relationship because she had an affair with a ghost um, to, to, to court this ghost how did, did did he like catch them in the act or something <laughs> well Casper no I'm, I'm glad you say that Jay <laughs> to court the ghost um, she said that one night she decided to dress in sexy lingerie and just hang out in the spare room where she'd felt a ghost presence the night before okay the man walked in and obviously left her for her cheating and not the fact that whack job um but why did he think she was cheating well if there was no one there (laughs) well she explained as you would right it was true love but unfortunately that relationship never worked out because unfortunately the ghost was more in love with her than she was with the ghost but there's good news because she's been with a ghost for nine months now oh that's cute yeah she met a ghost in australia and apparently was walking in in the bush and just felt a presence that was too strong to ignore and to let go. And apparently they had sex on the plane ride home in the toilets. <laughs> That's how the husband knew that they were having an affair. Like, the room was empty, but there was ectoplasm everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, they've been going out for nine months, um, and um, they were in Wookie Hole. And does anyone know about Wookie Hole? I do, it's on yeah. Kashyyyk. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Wookie Hole is a famous place, lots yeah. of lots of uh, paranormal goings-on. Allegedly. Um, and apparently he asked to marry her in holy matrimony with a ghost. How does she communicate? Well, the thing is, they've never... It was Apparently the, the proposal was the first time she'd ever heard his voice. Before that, it was only presence and feelings. But apparently <laughs> she, she said like that it was a deep, passionate voice and she knew it would, she, he was the one at that moment. It was just <laughs> the guy hiding in the bushes behind her. This is this is a quote. Um, yeah, ghost pulling a Pete Davidson proposal <laughs> like right away. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this isn't too soon. And because he never, uh, she'd never heard his name. Uh, also, doesn't know the name because she's never heard his voice. So they, um, they're doing a they're doing a modern thing where they don't take the last name. Yeah, very. Oh, I like the progressivism of this. Uh, well done, couple. amethyst. Um, uh, she said uh, there was no going down on one knee. He doesn't have knees. <laughs> <laughs> At least she's sensible about it, you know. Yeah, yeah she's not a complete trickster. <laughs> she understands the core concept of a ghost. But yeah, uh, so a wedding is planned. Um, she said that it's going to be a hand fasting ceremony where the hands will be tied together, symbolising their connection. And it's apparently going to be a big affair, but they haven't agreed any details yet. So he doesn't have knees, but he has hands. This is Amethyst's words. Like I say, I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> But, but you believe in this one, is what you're saying. No, he believes in love, is what he's saying. <laughs> no, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't have knees and he has hands, that makes it a lot easier for me to imagine a Casper-type character. Yeah, um, or a Slimer from Ghostbusters. Yeah, right. exactly. I get you. I get um, you. So, if if you believe in something like this and you got a big story and you want you want it verified from ghost experts, uh, where would you go to, to uh, you know bring the news to the world? Claire Boy and Claire down the street. That's Bill right, Murray. That's right. This morning. Um, <laughs> She went Wait, on. What? Yeah, she went on. Spoke to Philip Schofield, um, and apparently went on to describe how sex with ghosts are better than with normal people. Um, so, guys, keep an eye out for any phantoms in please, your spare Casper, room. Please don't take my <laughs> wife. Um, her family, who disguised um, Amethyst as said, are alternative. Um, they're not phased with her relationship, and they're just happy she's found love, which so, I think is really beautiful. So they're gonna go to the wedding and yep. see a woman standing on her own, with her hands, getting married, with her, hands, with her hands tied to nothing, to a ghost, to a ghost. Apparently. And they're gonna be fine with that, and yeah. they're gonna celebrate. And then when she's walking down uh, the aisle after she's married on her own, mm. they're gonna be like, "Yay!" What I love is like the the dad must give her away, but he probably won't know where <laughs> to. 
No, no, so, wrong way. Uh, this one, no, no, over there. Okay, thank you. Um, we could have a classic sitcom moment if her dad's passed away and his ghost comes to hand her away, but she accidentally marries her dad's ghost and not the ghost she's in love with. <laughs> what a palaver that would be. Definitely would have found its way to NBC in the 80s. <laughs> so, so they've met. They've spent nine months together. They've lived with each other. They've, uh, they're getting married. Um, what's next? That's right. They're going to have a kid. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, well, she said, this is a quote from her, I believe a phantom pregnancy is a real pregnancy, but you have to try really hard. Um, <laughs> you may have a phantom inside of you rather than a human baby, but I would like the human baby. The reason we don't yeah. The reason we don't carry them to full term is that people don't know when they have them and carry on drinking. <laughs> Amethyst is crazy. But is she right? No. Do is, you believe no. in ghosts, Jay? No. Yeah, I don't either. This is, is absolute rubbish. Oh, is, I quite like it. I could just imagine a sex demon over a Ouija board. She'd be there all night. Like. <laughs> She's it's like two o'clock in the morning, she goes to ha- she goes to hit him with the hey, what are you up to with the Ouija board? But it takes so long, it's like six in the morning, she just falls asleep. <laughs> what I wanna you know is like what what's gonna happen with the kid is the kid gonna be human or ghost? Well, I, is it going to be like a donkey and Shrek situation? Well, I'm worried about when he goes to school, when he or she goes to school. <laughs> what does your daddy do? <laughs> so, you know, um, floats around? He doesn't, he doesn't exist. <laughs> you can't say that to a kid that won't be born. It's 2018. It's 20, Amethyst Realm. Um, th- uh, what I'd like to say is that she went on this morning. Um, I watched the interview. It was the most normal interview in the world. They did not call her out. They believed her full play. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. It's what she believes. She believes she's found true love. Um, but we don't know the guy. Um, does anyone want to give him a name? Gerald. Gerald. Casper, the overfriendly ghost. Gerald, Casper, the only friendly ghost. And Dylan. Oh, I have to come up with a name. Okay. Um, I, uh, Randy. Great. Um, oh, cheers. I, I, I think that's all his names. So Gerald, Casper, the friendly ghost, Randy. No, overfriendly ghost. Oh, sorry, overfriendly. Yeah, ghost. you can be friendly, but the, he's he's, <laughs> a bit, he's a bit handsy. That ghost on a plane in a, in Australia. Oh man, he's been he's dead definitely for a Randy, while. Yeah. He's got to get us rocks. Oh, half price plane tickets for the honeymoon though. <laughs> It's like if you're really fat, you have to buy two chairs. If you're a ghost, you don't have to buy anything. I didn't know that about you, Brad. (laughs) And to round out the stories, Fraser, take it away. Okay, great. I've got a fun story for you. It's nearly as far-fetched as Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, Brad, Brad's story, yeah. Or Brad himself. (laughs) Both. Uh, right, so it's not that often that somebody comes back from the dead, is it now? Well, <laughs> pretty, pretty often. Uh, no, no, not often well, at all. last time it probably happened. Well, my cockroaches came were zombies. They were and, never dead, And though. Brad's had a ghost in his story. <laughs> yeah, but they're dead. They're dead, your... dead. Oh. This is like a Lazarus story. Okay. Anyway, the last time something like this happened, um, we got a new religion and the Romans got bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out a spear through the heart cannot stop the son of God. <laughs> If Who you're, knew? If you're into that. <laughs> I just laughed so hard I've got a headache. Anyway, um, this I time guess. around, somebody has come back off from the dead after being confirmed dead and buried two months before. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, Go on, hit me with it. Yeah, so anyway, um, 63-year-old Igor Superligiev. Uh, <laughs> There's no way that's pronounced like that. Try again. So, can I can I see your spelling? I'm not even sure it's going to be pronounced with an S. No, it's, it'd be Supergaliev. <laughs> Supergaliev. Sure. No, sure. that's pretty... I got it, it looks like you've written a K at the end. Should we call him Johnny? Yeah, Johnny. Johnny. So 63-year-old 
Johnny <laughs> from uh, Kazakhstan. <laughs> um, he loved to wander off in his twilight years, according to his relatives. Mm. So he went missing for a while. They didn't really care. Oh, he was always doing this. Johnny, the trickster. Anyway, this year he took off and never returned. <laughs> Where end. did he go, Fraser? <laughs> well, a month, uh, a month after Igol, or Johnny, as our hero is known in this particular case, disappeared, the family contacted the police and they had to ident- and um, the police brought to them a burned body which they had to identify. They said, we're not identifying this. This could be anyone. No, it's like a charred piece of kebab. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a quote verbatim, to be fair. But <laughs> yeah, if it sure is, it's like a charred piece of kebab. <laughs> but anyway, it was in a state. There was, and I don't think dental <laughs> records are great in the Kazakhstan countryside. Mm. Going off the documentary I saw called Borat. Um, <laughs> anyway, a month after Igor disappeared, the family did call the police. They found a burned body and. Um, they went, we're not having this. I want a DNA test. DNA test resigned. It was a 99.2% match. That, yeah, you kind of have to That's go with madness. That. You have to go with that one, don't you? Yeah. And um, anyway, they held awake. Uh, I've got a quote from his brother, Essengali. Or on, Steve. Can we give him a... Yeah, Steve. Steve. <laughs> no, Essengali. Like, it's spelt in a pretty phonetic way. See, I think I've done that one quite good. <laughs> Welcome to pronunciation sure. with yeah. Fraser. Sorry, we're going to lose our Kazakhstan following at this rate. <laughs> We're sorry. Um, anyway, uh, his brother Essengali said, We held awake and the extended family organised a traditional uh, Konishai ceremony in Tamali, which is in Kazakhstan. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway, four months after he disappeared, he showed up. <laughs> Did he walk? Did it just rock up? Be like, yes. Right. He'd just come home, like, it's just me, go Johnny. straight to the fridge. Coat on the, coat on the rack. It's me, Uncle Johnny from Kazakhstan. God, you would not believe the traffic. Where he'd been. Well, I'll get to that, but first, I need to use some filler. So, I have a, I, I, <laughs> This is like Ferris Bueller's this day off. I'm breaking the fourth wall. This is a uh, fan service for our Newsmunch fans. Anyway, I have a quote. Um, when Uncle Agali, also known as Johnny, walked through the door, hale and hearty, two months after we buried him, my daughter Sue... Oh, I'm just going to call her Sue. My daughter Sue nearly dropped dead of a heart attack. <laughs> Um, this actually happened to my cat. Um, <laughs> Same what, uh, Johnny from Kazakhstan you found walked a, in and your cat had a um, heart so You found a uh, burnt corpse so of a Kazakhstani man and you thought it was your cat. Can <laughs> right, I tell the story? Can pull up some of your time? When I was, <laughs> when I was young, my mum uh, rang my dad at work and was like, Tootsie's dead. <laughs> and we were like, oh no. Um, <laughs> Tootsie? Yeah, Tootsie. Of course you named it after a sweet. This was my mum's cat. This wasn't me. I named my cat Muffin. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, that's better, yeah. Last name Top. <laughs> You've used that joke in two straight episodes. Anyway. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> it's a recurring gag. Anyway, go on, Brad. Go My on. dad buried the cat, but um, the, the, the tootsie wouldn't fit in the hole. So he had, <laughs> he had to kind of like stamp it in with a shovel to try and make it fit. And then about two hours later, it was tapping at the back door. So we buried someone else's cat and DB headed to the shovel. <laughs> That's terrific. My Does sis- that relate to your story? My sister's godmother had a pet bear all go wrong. So basically, I'll do this really quick because I do want to get back to my story because I realised I don't actually have enough time now. Um, 
<laughs> so anyway, they buried the family Yorkie. It died after like 18 years of service. Yeah. Service? Yeah, service. You know, it was not... Dogs are service. It, it wasn't yeah. a particularly pleasant dog, but it served the family well, I guess. Mm. Anyway, they buried it, but they didn't dig... They dig quite a shallow grave. So the next day, the, fo- uh, the same night, the foxes dug it up oh, and no. went to town on its little corpse. Oh. And the kids found it the next day like, with all its entrails out. So you know, if you're going to bury a pet, dig a hole deep. <laughs> dig for a man and your dog will have a safe passage to the afterlife. <laughs> anyway, back to back to Johnny, our Kazakhstani hero. <laughs> so, Hi, I, Johnny. I, think, I think I asked this question earlier, but where had Johnny gone? Turns out Johnny had met a stranger at the market that day <laughs> who offered him work on a farm in a village miles and miles away. So he did his work placement and then he walked all the way home, which is some distance. Don't have the exact in kilometres because it's quite hard to... What's the word for it? Is it... Oh, it's not calligraphy. Convert. Was uh, cartography? It's yeah. like, cartography concerning Kazakhstan isn't that great. So but, if anyone out there Google is Maps though, still not that great. It's hit and miss. It's a really big place. Um, <laughs> Kazakhstan, really big place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love a good Borat reference. I, I've refrained from doing that the whole time. <laughs> anyway, God damn it. <laughs> he's not the only person to have a DNA. Oh, the family is suing um, the Kazakhstan police. As they should. As they Ninety-nine. Well, I guess they didn't say hundred, did they? Maybe yeah, they, yeah, they gave that. a bit of leeway. Yeah, but there's yeah. only so much DNA you can do with a dead corpse. It's anyway, like what you say, nice eye, but nice. So anyway, yeah. a couple of other people have um, come back from the dead. This one's quite funny because this one isn't te- he didn't technically die. He faked his own death. Anyway, Bernie <laughs> Wynn um, from Florida faked his own Florida. death to avoid drug charges in 1989, and he resurfaced a couple of years later because he realised he wasn't actually wanted by police. <laughs> then did he get arrested? No, he got away with it. Anyway, oh. we also have uh, Jean-Ramon Afonso Panano from uh, Santa Teresa in Paraguay. You've done that <laughs> amazing with your pronunciations. You've gotten better as the story has yeah, gone Yeah, no. On. He was believed to have been killed in a gangland shooting in Paraguay, but he showed up at his own memorial service <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> and then just to round oh, things perfect. off, I've got some quick fire Kazakhstan. Go, go on, give it. Facts. Um, apples are from Kazakhstan. All apples come from Kazakhstan. All of them. All of them. Well, it's where their capital city, which I will not pronounce, means place of apples <laughs> so it's believed apples originated in kazakhstan anyway um despite being a landlocked country it has a navy which is based on the landlocked caspian sea mm-hmm. um kazakhstan athletes begged the international olympic committee to be allowed to bring horse meat to the london olympics <laughs> just go to iceland yeah re- yeah remember the yeah. same time we were all reviling at horse meat contaminate our food they're like please let us bring it <laughs> And also there was another international tournament. I think it was weightlifting or something the Kazakhs are good at. And um, they played the Borat theme tune instead of yeah, the National Anthem. That was brilliant. That's me done. Fraser, where did Dylan and Brad go? Oh, um, Brad was chasing after a Kit Kat rapper and Dylan chased after him because we've got half a show to record still. Makes sense. Can you get me some water? Get it yourself. No. I'm doing go sh- get me a drink. No one listens to it anyway. Go get me a drink. Fine. Fine. Water here. Oh, Jake, could you get the water from all the way up the top floor because it tastes nicer? Now that Jay's gone, guys, we're going to have a little fun. And I'm not speaking about ASMR weird fun. I'm speaking about a quiz. Guys, the coast is clear. Come in. So our two guests have joined us now. Not only are they guests, but they're also lookouts for Jay in case he comes back anytime soon. Now, tell us a bit more about yourselves and uh, where you're from. Hi, I'm Kenneth um, from Peru and I am friends with Kat. Hi, I'm Kat and I'm from England and I'm friends with Ken. 
Okay, and we've also provided you with the official um, News Munch quiz buzzers. Could we each hear a quick go, Cat? You go first. Okay. What? And now for Kenneth. This is mine. So, without any further ado, we'll get our quiz underway. By what name is Hollywood icon Norma Jean Baker more commonly known as? What? Is that Marilyn Monroe? No, uh, oh. it's Quentin Tarantino. I said Norman, oh, not Norma. Sorry. <laughs> now, To Kill a Mockingbird is written by which American author? It's a woman. It is a woman, but she does have a name. No? All right, Agatha Christie was the answer we were looking oh. for. Next question. How many points does a compass have? Four. 32. <laughs> Who wrote a series of novels about orcs, hobbits, goblins, and elves? Oh, uh, to- Tolkien? Sorry, the answer is George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> oh, damn it. Which hit Netflix show centers around a group of homosexual men transforming the lives of others? What? Queer Eye. Making a murderer. What? <laughs> RuPaul Charles is the name of which drag television personality? What? RuPaul? No, Caitlyn Jenner. What is happening? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> Who has won the most Oscars for Best Actor? Um, I know this one. Is it uh, Daniel Day-Lewis? No, it's Marlon Brando. What? I'm not sure that's right, mate. It is. <laughs> Gucci Gucci is the founder of which French fashion house? Is it Gucci? No, Gucci's Italian. The answer I was looking for is Chanel. <laughs> Okay, Lenny and George were characters in which classic novel? What? Of Mice and Men? Um, the answer I was looking for was actually Pride and Prejudice. I don't like these I questions. George was the um, gameskeeper and then he was like the estatesman, so he used to cut the lawn and stuff. Okay, we've got a golden snitch question. All right, our golden snitch question is, please recite the first line of the Peruvian national anthem. Perfect. Cat, you have been eliminated. <laughs> Kenneth goes on to our uh, next round. Cat, get out. You've scored no points and you've been a complete waste of everybody's time. Go home and tell your parents you're sorry for the way you turned out. Right, now, Kenneth, we're actually going to do a trivia quiz on a letter based off the alphabet. Earlier on, our random letter generator gave us the letter P. So we're going to go for Peru. Now, to get us started, what is the capital city of Peru? It's Lima. Uh, no, wrong, Quito. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, which Incan settlement is one of the eight wonders of the world? It's in Machu Picchu. It's actually Macu Picchu, is how it's pronounced yeah, in English. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're in England now. Which raw fish dish is the national dish of Peru? That's quite an easy one. It's ceviche. Uh, actually, it's sushi. All raw fish is sushi. Which famous river runs through Peru? Oh, is it Amazonas? No, it isn't. The world's most expensive coffee is from Peru, but how is it made? Oh, I know it's made in the jungle, but oh, I really don't know. Is it By made? farming coffee beans. And which uh, animal is the national symbol of Peru? Oh, it's, uh, it's a little bird called the red bird or something. No, it's the llama. <laughs> and for the final question, say News Munch is the best show ever in Peruvian. News Munch is the mejor podcast del mundo. Um, wrong, that was in Spanish. <laughs> Get out. Okay. 
Well, um, overall, that was an unprecedented disaster, so we won't be doing that one again. You were listening to the final episode of... Ah, oh, hello, Jay. How's Where's it going? Doing in my seat? Sorry, Jay. And also, why were Brad and Dylan tied up in the broom cupboard? Uh, experiment. Scientific experiment. You're listening to News Munch on CSRFM. We've all pitched our stories now. All that's left to do is decide who has the weirdest story of the week. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to go around the table and just start discussing what we liked and didn't like about the stories. Dylan, give us a summary of your story. I'm talking about the space real estate race, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> space Agency wants to build off of an asteroid the world's biggest skyscraper, but they want to do it in Dubai because it's slightly cheaper. So, so when you say they want to do it in Dubai, do they mean you mean start construction? Start construction. How how? But it's being built from the asteroid. The, what they want to do ultimately is they want to have it like suspended from this asteroid that they want orbiting the moon. Yeah. Um, but what they want to do is they want to attach cables to it. But I think what they're going to probably do in <laughs> like a big balloon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost like a it's like asteroid as a balloon. Yeah. Uh, what they want to do is they want to like obviously I think what they have to start doing in that case is only start building it on yeah, land yeah. and bring it up with rockets. Mm. Uh, I, the, so yeah, what do we like about Dylan's story? I like that it's just mental, because those crazy companies, the spaceness. Elon Musk has opened the door for everybody, but guys, Elon Musk has ruined space travel for everybody, and it's he's he's responsible for this. The thing about these space, I think he's invested actually in this. Of course he has. The <laughs> thing about these space like triumphs and like oh this is going to happen. Do you remember like at least ten years ago, Richard Branson said Virgin will have yeah. flights that you can go out and this hasn't happened yeah but Richard Branson wasn't out there he said in 10 years you'll be able to go to space for 10 grand and you're thinking yeah I can see that yeah it's not yeah. like but these Absurd. people are asking for <laughs> trillions upwards of a trillion <laughs> in, terms, in terms of construction obviously <laughs> I, mean, I think their pricing is smaller yeah, yeah, in terms of like how, construction, what do they expect people to do are people supposed to go to space to live in them and like and like how expensive is that to do is this, yeah. is this an assumption that we'll all be living in space one day so it would just be like I think it kind of plays an addendum, of that, like yeah. a holiday destination I don't think it'd be a holiday destination because it wouldn't really be that like, but I think yeah and it doesn't have the locations the butlins do can't do water slides <laughs> in zero gravity <laughs> there's no donuts on the seafront in space yeah the paddle and pool just keeps trying floating away <laughs> no I think the uh, I think the assumption is that almost plays with that like doomsday hypothesis that the world is just going to become un- uninhabitable and we need to start doing things like that We're gonna but that just it, it feels like Blade Runner yeah, that I can't decide us. whether it's really weird because of the idea, or if it's just really dumb and then not weird because it's never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? It's like in that. Well, weird thanks, Jay. <laughs> the Earth is going to become uninhabitable. Let's move to an uninhabitable rock <laughs> where it's suspended by ropes, I'll which say- is weird. <laughs> My only problem is that it will never happen. Like I could say, give me an unlimited amount of money, and I'm going to do this crazy stuff. Yeah. Because nobody's going to give me the money to do it. Give, they don't believe give, in me. Give me upwards of ten pounds, <laughs> and I'll buy a house. I'll I, make I, things happen. I can see right away that like this story, it, it's it, it's not it's not one of those things. It's like it's not an actionable oh, don't, plan. Don't beat yourself up, Dil. I, I haven't invested in it. Like it's not like I set my life. <laughs> sure, life. you haven't. No, I spent all That's my money why, on that cuddle cap. <laughs> That's why Dil is looking at moving into garages in London. He's put all his money into like cuddle cafes, space, space real estate. Real estate. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Dylan. So, summary of my story. Cockroaches have turned to martial arts to stop murderous, sadistic wasps from destroying them and so turning them into zombies. You spent so long talking about how horrifying the Emerald Jade Wasp was that I honestly thought that was the point of the story. 
So the fact that it's like cockroaches are learning how to karate kick those things away and it came through right at the end kind of confused me a little. Fair enough. I like the idea that uh, the first cockroach who did it was like, I've done it. <laughs> it's like, oh. It was like generational evolution. Yeah, yeah. slowly but surely they learn to adapt. So you know, in the background of the first cockroach who did the karate kick, there was another cockroach shouting world star. <laughs> So cockroaches essentially learn how to karate kick wasps way in this types of self-defense. Yeah. Has the wasp learned, like, it's just like, obviously, I think you had a lot of content that you wanted to put in. And it's 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 absurd. Like, mate, there's a lot of wasp news. Like, yeah. I think it's more a case of, like, evolutionarily speaking, if it's just an evolved thing, then I think, like, almost in a weird way, like, that's so, it's just a natural cycle because the wasps are going to adapt to that, right? The, basically, the wasp's adaption is just... Stab we'll, harder. We'll find another cockroach that isn't putting up as much of a fight. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I just say, I, I, <laughs> just how real slavery works. <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed J.S. Attenborough. J.S. Attenborough was fantastic. Thank you very much, Brad. <laughs> no, you're a bit too strained for me. You have to sound more gentle. You have to be like, here is the. No, he sounds that like that felt like a Michael Jackson impression. No, <laughs> 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 and no, when all of the hope had gone. Yeah, Brad's is better because he's oh, out of strain. Like like you're like, good. you're like. I am here to speak about the wasp. <laughs> that's your Sean Lock. That's a Sean Lock impression. <laughs> no, but you were really like you were really like squeezing and straining. I was. I was straining. So I think like, that's my sort of thing. Like yeah. Adam Brettover was trying to pass a kidney stone. Maybe Amber is terrified every time he records. We just don't see it. That's why he speaks in a hushed tone. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, wasps scare me, and you've reinvigorated the fear in me. Centipedes, basically cuddly toys. Now, wasps scared. Don't want to become cockroach zombie. I'm glad uh, I've taken you back to your childhood. The thing is, is that um, I, I, what I love about this is that it just feels like the way you present it was also like there's an eternal conflict between these two things specifically. It is. Like the all cockroach cockroaches like, and then this one specific wasp just threatens them all. They're constantly losing. They have very little to do, but now they, they, they've they got, got a leg up now. Got there's a kick. Spot. It's like when the British cracked the Enigma code. This is it. Like, we've exactly. cracked it. This is their Turing moment. We'll find out. This is Yeah, this is the singularity moment. Cockroaches are the most dominant species <laughs> of the planet. This is just Confirm. the beginning. It's confirmed. Right. Uh, who's next? Brad. Uh, can, I'm just, I'm so hot. <laughs> if you take your shirt off, I'm gonna yeah, smack you. Are. <laughs> yeah, um, you keep those puppies in the barn. <laughs> um, amethyst, right? We all know an amethyst, don't we? Every yeah. single one of us knows an amethyst. Oh, she's mental, isn't she? She is pretty mental. Um, but an I, actual I, roundup, please. To be honest, if she believes all of this, which she must do, because who would go into marriage to not believe all of this? She's got some great storylines. They I, met in Australia. Yeah. They had sex on the plane back. They she wore lingerie in a room for no reason. Um, is this not just living out her fan fiction? Though? They've been maybe I don't know. This All feels, I know is her family aren't worried about it. They're like, happy. It's like we, performance art. We yeah. want we want to think this is a, a NBC sitcom called Ghost Dad, but <laughs> in actuality, it's a Tumblr fan fiction page. When you want to get married, <laughs> do a lovely ghost. Who are you gonna call? This morning, <laughs> yeah, Ghost Dad doesn't sound like a very funny sitcom. It just Not sounds anymore. Like, just sounds a lot of like a little Ghost Dad. Lots it's of Ghost missed Dad. catch games and learning how to shave. Ghost Dad is actually a, a documentary about the absentee fathers <laughs> in developing areas. I like your story for like uh, I I love that you 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 didn't as opposed to where you talked about the. Uh, uh, Deal, I was so ready. Modern day Nostradamus. Sort of <laughs> I was so ready to go full feet into this. But you didn't, and the restrained approach worked a little better because it's not like you tried just... tried my hardest. Like, I, I, it's I, not like you hung around the homeless people again and listened to whatever stories they told you. I've, I've seeked help, and... And <laughs> it's paid time, off. This time. It's paying off. Keep it up, though. 
<laughs> I'll get my um, two weeks like button soon. <laughs> Fraser, did you have any thoughts on Brad's story? I really, really liked, liked it. it I really liked it. It's been my one of my favourite ones so far, and I, I I just enjoyed it. I I like this woman. I find her quite charismatic. I've to never be met fair, her. Like, uh, but in her the conviction, interview, I feel like she'd be one of those people you just like to have around you because there will always be a laugh, even if they're a bit kooky. Yeah, but she'd always have someone with her. <laughs> no, no plus ones, Amethyst. <laughs> we talked about this. We're a small room. It's okay. It doesn't take up much space. Right, Fraser, summarise your story. Okay, so um, essentially a Kazakhstani man took up an uh, offer to go work on a farm from a stranger and his family thought he was dead, so they found a charred corpse that was a 99.2% match for him, only for him to turn up later. I want to meet my 99.2% match. I just love that they were both living in like a small, remote Kazakhstani village. Yeah. But um, what does a 99.2% match forensically mean you ever in seen an undeveloped <laughs> country like Kazakhstan? Don't talk smack about Kazakhstan's science capabilities. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, so if you have something to defend yourself... All right, please. I've got my trump card. Can you name a country where you can launch a human into space? They all happen in Kazakhstan, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So they're up there. They have to so have top scientists. So when you say launch a human into space, would you... Only place you can put a person in space. You can launch probes in that from NASA, but the only place you can actually send a person nowadays is the Cosmodrome in yeah, Kazakhstan. Yeah, but not, it's not the Kazakhstan Space Agency. NASA put their stuff yeah, there. Yeah, but it's Kazakhstan scientists and stuff they can underpay them probably and also <laughs> aerospace like technicians and medical examiners are completely different no but if they have that level of infrastructure available then I'm sure their forensics training would be right clearly not they were 99.2 yeah 99.2 99 point wrong if somebody was 99.2% 99 99 wrong 99 point wrong 99 point wrong anyway Uncle Igor, uh, Uncle Igor did that and my son men went I don't remember on a farm. <laughs> who's Uncle Igor <laughs> Uncle all Johnny I, yeah all I remember is Johnny <laughs> yeah we just got Johnny Johnny slash Igor I'm picturing Tommy Wiseau like <laughs> Um, Dylan, what do you think about Fred's story? Uh, I think it's amazingly absurd. It's great. I, I love the idea that this guy just rocks up at the guy's at the house, just goes straight to the fridge, doesn't say hi yet, just starts drinking the milk, and everyone's just kind of staring at him like... <laughs> Is that a stereotype? <laughs> I am back from farm. Time to drink milk. It's not. I, I wasn't so making, well. I wasn't making a stereotype, but you did. So thank you very much, Fraser. I wasn't the first to do it. I Jay broke the fuck I think yours was worse. Though. I think I have a worse track record for these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, normally, honey, I am home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the sitcom. That's the real sitcom. <laughs> I hope that he came through like Kramer from Seinfeld. This whole show is just <laughs> us pitching. It's just us pitching sitcoms to like various places around the world. Uh, Newsbunch season three. <laughs> My best thing is that nobody's bothered about who the charped corpse is. They just sort of like they're like, oh, oh well, we got Uncle Johnny back. <laughs> Cheers, Fraser. Okay, I've given you all your pieces of paper. I need to write down your scores out of five on what we're saying: story and presentation, yep. and then hand them back to me. And then we'll go from there. Can I have some of your water? Oh, yeah, go on then. Oh, There's some like. It. How do you. Yeah. Voss? Sparkling water. Oh, yeah. Why are you trying to act nah, like we try fair, to. I fair. don't do this. Sparkling oh, water okay. trash. Is anyone ever in the mood for sparkling water? No. no it um, freaks me out. Only if it's tonic. That's how people can Just tell that I'm you. British when I'm on a holiday because I'm like, water, still, please. <laughs> 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 None of that foreign muck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Scores are in, scores are in. Uh, Alright. That sounded great. In. Last place. Ooh. 
Dylan. Yeah, I knew it. That's right. Oh, I'll do better Aww. next time. It's all right. In third place, it's a me. <laughs> Thanks, Mario. JJ Binks. <laughs> Misa came third. The Gungans are under threat from Emerald Wasp. <laughs> In second place, by just one point, oh. missing out on first. It's Fraser, meaning that. Yes! <laughs> meaning that the Brad, not only have you peaked the microphone, you're also the winner of this week's news. Yeah, it was only the show. I didn't do it. I was, I was sorry, I'm so really upset. I thought, when you said by only one point, I thought, if yeah, I, I was, by one point, I'm going to be pissed off that I've won. <laughs> I was prepared to, like, drown my sorrows and be like, oh, okay, another, another week. Well done, Brad. Can we give him a round of applause? Please? I think Thank you I very didn't much. Get a round of, actually, no, you did, I didn't get one last We clapped you lost. Stop being a Begrudge sore loser. <laughs> Brad, well done. Thanks. I didn't. Cheers. I really I'd didn't want to win that one. Prepare for six more episodes of me finishing last. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We enjoyed the show. I've been Jay. I've been Fraser. I've been Dylan. And I've been Brad. Hi there, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay weird. Stay weird. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to News Munch. This episode was broadcast on CSR FM. To tune in live, listen to CSRFM.com. All our jingles and music are made by Manav Kerr. And if you like this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>